Jesus, you're in the right place. If you don't know Jesus, you're in the right place. Amen. I hope you got those announcements. There was a lot of them. If you didn't get them, just talk to somebody. Amen. We're so glad you're here. Today's a special day. Amen. Outside of the normal special day, we're also having a wedding at the end of this service. Amen. For Christian and Lisa, we've got some family. Let's let anybody that's in their family know that they're welcome. As they already said, any guests that are here for the first time? Anybody watching online for the first time? It's good to have my aunt and uncle here. They pastor all over the United States in our RV and go to churches and help them. It's always a blessing to have them. It's great to have my parents again for the third week in a row. Amen. Pastor Andrews and mom. Amen. Tell the person next to you, you're in the right place. Amen. Well, get your Bibles open if you've got them. And if you don't this morning, you can look on the screen. Because we believe in this place that God has an, a manual for our lives. And we believe every word, every dotted I and cross T. And let me know we're living in a world right now that needs some help. Needs some guidance. And we need something to tell us how we should live. So I want to just open up in, in prayer for our, our spirits to receive the word this morning. That it would not be flesh, but it would be spirit. That God would speak to you not from my words, but from his word. Amen. Lord, I pray right now for your Holy Spirit to be evident in this place with every person that's here that's possibly never heard your gospel, never been in a church, doesn't know who you are, or maybe knows who you are by your name, but does not know what you have done for them on the cross. I pray that your words would come through my mouth and that you would anoint your word and power would be upon it. To speak truth, God, in this world that is very untruthful. And that life would be in this place, in this world where there's so much death. And God, we pray that every demonic spirit of darkness is defeated right now. The blood of Jesus is greater than any power of Satan. Any lie of deception of the enemy. And we take authority over those things and we ask for your word to bring forth fruit. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said... Amen. I want to put the title up right away this morning, just for a few quick minutes. We want to talk about kind of what's the, the elephant in the room this morning, so to speak, about what's, what's the world is considering this month, this nation, and, and I want to talk about pride comes before a fall. In Ephesians chapter 5, if you have your Bibles, I want to look at this, and I want to tell you why I want to talk about this this morning, because the Bible teaches us that when something is wrong, that we are to expose it. We are to talk about it. We are to uh, put light on the situation. And um, I think that anybody that's in this place this morning doesn't have to know, uh, or unless you've been living under a rock, uh, the kind of world that we're in right now, the kind of situation that we're facing in our, in our, in our uh, morality, in our world. And uh, Ephesians 5 verse 8 tells us something that I want us all to see. It says, for you were once darkness. Now how many in here... Uh, have, have given your life to Jesus like myself already and have came into the light. Let me see your hand. If you've already come out of darkness, remember that you came out of darkness. Remember who you used to be. Not to glorify that person, but to realize as we look at this world that's so lost that we're not that different from them. We have just found Jesus. And we were in darkness too. It doesn't matter if you stole a piece of bubble gum or murdered a person. The people who do not accept Christ and reject Jesus are going to the same hell. Yeah. 
And that's where I was headed. That's where you were headed. That's where all of us were headed without Jesus. And he says this, you were once darkness. And how many know some people don't know they're in the dark? But God says you were in the darkness. But now you're light in the world, in the world, through the Lord. So he says walk that way. Walk as children of light. Then it goes on to say, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. How many believe there is a truth today? Our world might have lost what the truth is, but that doesn't mean the truth doesn't exist. And what I really want us to focus on is this verse 10, the end here, this little part, if you just leave it up for a second, that we would find out what is acceptable to the Lord. I don't know about you, but I don't really care about being accepted by the world. I don't really care about being accepted by you, just to be honest. I want to be accepted by God. I want to be right in His eyes. And to thank God this morning, we don't have to guess because how to be acceptable in his eyes is right here in this book. How many believe that this morning? And so we're in a world that people are looking for acceptance, but unfortunately they're looking for acceptance from people. When we should be looking for acceptance from our creator. And so as we continue to read, that's what I want to talk about this morning. And it says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. So there are many unfruitful works of many dark moves of of the enemy today in our world, in our society that is attacking us. And he says, we can't can't stop living in this world. We have to go to work. We have to go to the grocery store. We are in this world. But he says, don't fellowship with those people. And what I want to talk about this morning and be very clear is that we have to be careful to make sure that we know who we are associating ourselves with. And I want you to think for a moment about the saying that is very old and very true that is called guilty by association. I want to be guilty this morning for being associated with Jesus. I can't speak for you, but I want people to say he's one of them. He's one of those Jesus followers. He's one of those people that stands up for the word. And Jesus said he expected this of his believers because he said, because of my name and standing for me, you will be hated by men. You'll be hated for my namesake. Now, how many know the reason that we would be hated for his namesake is that we're standing up for something. If we're not standing for anything, why would they hate us? But we're standing for what God's word says today. Amen? And then it says, this is what I'm doing this morning, it says, but rather expose them. So I want to expose the movement that is going on today in our world that is anti-Jesus, anti-truth. And then it goes on to say in verse 12, to finish this part, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. Let me tell you what is a sign this morning. I preached a message last week on the end times that we're in. Let me give you another sign. Things that are sinful and wrong used to be done in secret. Now it's public. Does anybody live in that world? And not only is it public, it's in your face. There's no shame anymore. It's not a hidden agenda anymore. It's this is what we're doing. This is who we are. And many times we just blatantly don't want God blatantly. And so today we have to understand that on that note, I was thinking, I almost titled the message this, but I went with pride comes before a fall, that one of the things that I see is different today 
from some of us that I can see in this crowd have been, have been around at least 40 or 50 years and know what the difference of life is today compared to 40 or 50 years ago, when in TV shows, I Love Lucy, they wouldn't even sleep in the same bed as a married couple. How many, how many are old enough to, I know some young people that like I Love Lucy too. Shoot, as Christians, we have to love those shows. Nowadays, there's nothing else to watch. Does anybody remember that show? They were married and wouldn't even sleep in the same bed in the scenes because that was racy. That's, that was that, that many years ago, and today it's public. It's, it's shame. There's no, there is no shame today. And so what I notice is that we got to remember that sexual sin and perversion and, and all the things that we see in our world is not new. All the, all the things we're seeing today goes all the way back to the beginning in Genesis. But what I see as a difference today is sin has always been tolerated. And today it's no longer tolerated, it's celebrated. Does anybody see the difference? It's one thing to say, you know what, that's wrong and I don't agree with that. But now it's celebrated. It's in your face, God, I don't care what you think or what your Bible says or what morality is. I, this is who I am and this is how I'm going to be. Which is okay because everybody is going to pay the fiddler one day. Can you say amen? So if you haven't been under a rock, I want to just tell one story of many that I could tell that's going on in our world today. And I want, I want to tell you that this just happened just a few days ago. Because one thing is this, and I, I want to say, say this that's kind of important. Back, back in the late 80s, early 90s, many of you will remember this as well, especially if you've been in church. There was a very well-known pastor and evangelist who fell. His name was Jimmy Swaggart. He had a voice and an ear to the world. Matter of fact, the church that my wife and I met in in Costa Rica was started by this evangelist. Powerful man of God, mightily used, and he fell. He had an, he had an affair with a prostitute. He, he, he went and hired a prostitute and had sex with her and fell, and, and he went on TV and cried, and you can go back and look at all those videos. And, and, but the thing is, and not to justify in any way what he did, because it was wrong, but he was with a consenting adult, a woman who was above age and consented to be with him. What we don't understand today that is happening is this agenda that is moving across our world is after our kids. It's not, it's not about, okay, is this man-to-man, woman-to-woman, okay, this is two adults. Now it's an onslaught, and some people don't know it. I, I feel like some of you in here today don't know it. It is all-out war against our kids. And I don't know about you as parents. I can tolerate a lot of things, but don't mess with my kids. Is anybody else like that? Like, I'm going to put up with a lot, but when it comes to my kids, I draw a line. And let me tell you somebody else who draws a line. His name is Jesus. Jesus does not play games with the kids with what's going on with our children right now. I want to read you a quote from a video that is audio, and you can listen to it if you want to. I only wanted to see it once. Someone sent it to me. But I want to tell you what they chanted in New York this last week as hundreds gathered in the east villages of Thompson Square in a drag march and proclaimed these words, listen closely, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. That was what they chanted as they went down the road in their parade. It's one thing 
to be who you are, do what you want to do, and all those different things that are wrong. But when you start saying we're after your children, I don't know about you, but I'm going to rise up and I'm going to say, no, you're not. You're not getting my children. Amen. No, you're not. And let me tell you somebody else who says that Matthew chapter 18, if you look at this verse straight from Jesus' mouth. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and drowned in the depth of the sea. That's Jesus' words. You know what people say all the time today in our world? Oh, Jesus is okay with this. Read his red letter. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a millstone tied around his neck and drowned in the depth of the sea. I think that was his nicest way of saying, don't mess with kids. And then it goes on in the next verse, verse 7. We don't need to look at 8 this morning. It says, woe to the world because of offenses. You know, offenses are going to come. Things are going to happen. He says, woe to the world for that. But these offenses must come. He says, but woe to that man or woman or person through whom those offenses come. We don't understand, you can take that verse down, that we're not just talking about some kind of movement that is just trying to be perverted and push their agenda on people and do different things. That We're not just talking about that. We're talking about a satanic move of the devil to take over our world and inflict lies into our children. And I don't know about you, but we're going to stand up and we're going to pray against this and we're going to stand up for Jesus and his word and what it says. Can I get an amen? Not only because it's wrong, but because we understand pride comes before a fall. Let me give you a few verses out of the Bible quickly in 1618 of Proverbs and as I read this, I want you to understand something. Take that back down just for one second because I want you to look at me. I want you to understand there is one thing God hates more than anything else, and it is pride. I want you to understand that this month that is being celebrated and the word that is going across so many businesses who are not strong enough to stand up and say, this is not what we believe in. We're going to listen to a few people, and we're going to bend and give up on, on, because we have some people who have a voice, and don't listen to the other voices. We have a way that we can speak. For years, I've gone to Cracker Barrel after discipleship on Friday mornings. I love their pancakes, as you can see. But now, for the last two weeks, we've gone someplace else because they've joined the club as well. Cracker Barrel. When, when, when you see a company like Cracker Barrel, saying, you know what, we're going to bow and put up on our, on our main page that we're okay with this, we're in a sad world. But you know what? I can't, I can't change everything, but I can change the places that I frequent. And I can stop spending my money there so that I can speak with my wallets. And I ex ex and ask any of you to do the same thing with me. Now, we're going to get to a place, as some people say, we're not going to be able to buy or sell or do anything. But th that's part of the tribulation. That's the truth. But the truth is, I can't stop paying everywhere, but there are places that I go frequently, and when I find out, I'm, I'm, going, to do, I'm going to say to God, that's a place I'm going to stop. Again, it's going to get to a place where we can't breathe, but we can do something. So he says, pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. 
Do you realize that the same word that is on this month is the word that caused Satan to come out of heaven himself? The word pride is in, and you can read this later for homework. Please take it and read it later. And I also challenge you to read more in, in Matthew 18 that Jesus actually loves kids so much that he says there's angels come up before his presence protecting kids. Okay, the very reflection and face of kids. Read 18 later and read Isaiah 14 later. Don't do it now because you'll lose where I'm going. But in that chapter, you'll see the devil say this, I, 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 I. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. And, and he, is the, he is the king of narcissism. He is the main, he's the, most, he's the most powerful narcissist in the world. And that spirit gets on people. And he said, I, I, I am greater than God. I am more great than God. I am more beautiful than God. I can be God. And, and I want you to understand something. You better respect the devil. You don't have to fear him if you know Jesus Christ. I don't fear the devil, but I respect him. Because if you think you can't fall, if you think you can't mess up, if you think you can't fail, then remember that Satan himself fell standing in front of God himself, and then he tempted enough angels to get one-third of the angels of heaven to follow him out of heaven. And you think he can't get you? Pride comes before a fall. What do we do, Pastor? Humble ourselves. Humble ourselves. God hates pride, but he loves humility. It's attractive to him. You want God in your life? Humble yourself. Become nothing. Make everything about Jesus. Uh, James 4, 6 says this. God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. I need God's grace. I remind myself every single day, I shouldn't be here. I think Jesse said in the first service, I don't know if he said in the second, but just being thankful. How was the last time you just said, God, thank you that I'm not in hell right now, where I deserve to be? That's where I'm supposed to be. I don't know about you, but I'm supposed to be in hell right now. Every day that I live, I thank God for his grace. And because of his grace, I'm alive today, and I'm not in hell. Because look at the person next to you and tell them, you should be in hell too. That's the truth. That's what we deserve. That's where we were headed before Jesus went to the cross. Proverbs 16.5 says, Everyone who is arrogant in heart, watch this, is an abomination to the Lord. And watch this. This is what I want to get across. Be assured, though they, and this is an interesting uh, uh, translation, though they join forces, None will go unpunished. A lot of times people think, man, if I get enough big enough group to sin with me, then we'll be all right. All you're doing is making your target bigger. God sees everything, and God will not be mocked. I don't care what you see on TV. I don't care how it looks. And if you think, we're, let me just tell you something. If you think we're losing, by the way, we're not losing because we don't lose. Christians don't lose. God's people don't lose. We win. God's undefeated. God's never lost a battle. We might settle some setback. We might have some struggles. We might get sick and tired of this world, but we won't lose. Greater is he that is in me than the devil that's in this world. Proverbs 8.13, the fear of the Lord, watch this, is hatred of evil. 
Pastor, why are you so upset? Why are you so serious? Because the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. A God-fearing man or woman should hate evil like God hates it. We shouldn't entertain it. We shouldn't be okay with it. We shouldn't compromise it. We shouldn't coddle it. We shouldn't say, oh, that's just okay. It's not that big of a deal. We should hate it like God hates it. Pride and arrogance are the way of evil, and he says perverted speech. Boy, you talk about the speech today. We're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. Perverted speech. That's nice. That's nice compared to what's on TV and what's on the news and what's on social media today. He says, I hate. But you didn't know the word hate was in the Bible so much, did you? We're supposed to hate sin. We're supposed to hate the devil. And the last one, the pride of your heart, Obadiah, verse, chapter 1, verse 3, has deceived you. So all these people are deceived. Who, you who live in the clefts of the rock in your lofty dwelling, who's saying in your heart, who will bring me down to the ground? You know there's a lot of people today, because who's behind this besides Satan is his puppets who have a lot of money. Are y'all woke enough, in other words, awake enough to understand what's going on in this world? That there's a certain amount of families in this world that are financing all this garbage? And they think that they're so high that nobody can get to them. And they're right. Nobody on this world can get to them. But the one who's above them is looking down right at them. And he will make them pay for what they're doing. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. No unclean thing goes unnoticed in God's eyes. He keeps good books. And that's why I'm very thankful for the blood of Jesus. Because the books that he had on me before I met Jesus put me in hell. I don't know about you. Maybe you're that perfect person, but I got news for you. If you're that perfect person, that doesn't work either. The only way to heaven is through Jesus. And it's not through good works. It's through faith in what he did on the cross for you and for me. I want to tell you a statement today that I hope goes, I wish I, could, I wish I could speak at a stadium. I wish I could be on the radio. I never liked being on live stream, but now I wish I could, the whole world could hear me. I want to tell you something. The rainbow belongs to God. The rainbow belongs to God. Amen. It's not man's. It's not a group's. It's God's. God made the rainbow, church. Amen. Genesis chapter 9, verse 12. Look at this. Then God said, I'm giving you a sign. See, you don't understand. It's not just some movement that's some cute little movement that you kind of have to put up with or, or be a part of or, or like or embrace. You're, 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 you're dealing with something that is mocking God at the highest level. That you would take something that God made Interestingly enough, right after he destroyed the world last time. Those that, I, how many like school here? I, I didn't like school. I'm just going to be honest. I, I, sports got me through school. Thank God for sports. I probably wouldn't have graduated high school. I'm sure there's some educated people in here that graduated from college, and you're really smart. Smart or not, school, like school or not, it is a fact that this world had a flood. And it is a fact that the Grand Canyon was formed from the flood. And it is a fact that the reason God destroyed the world was because there was so much evil that he said, I wish I would not have even made man. 
and he destroyed the world. And then he makes a rainbow. Here's why he made the rainbow. Not so we can taunt our perversion, but as a covenant that says, I make the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. Do we still have rainbows in 2023? Do they still appear in the sky? Because God's a God of covenant. Next verse. I set my rainbow. God says, my rainbow. See, I have too much fear to play around with this. To make it okay to use the symbol of a rainbow for something else. And in the, in the cloud, and it shall be for the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. How many live on the earth? It shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud. That's miraculous that you can see a rainbow, by the way, if you think about it. Watch this. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all the flesh, and the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. He will destroy the earth again, though, by fire. 16. Do we read that already? The rainbow shall be, notice how many times he's saying, the rainbow shall be in the cloud, and I will look on it to remember. When he puts that rainbow up, he's remembering his grace, his mercy, his covenant between God and every living creature of flesh that's on the earth. And God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant. What is a rainbow? The sign of a covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Amen? That's what a rainbow is. For those that don't know this morning, there's nothing new under the sun. If you don't believe that, let me just tell you a little bit about how many have watched it lately about all the movies that are coming out. They can't even come up with new movies. Has anybody noticed that all the movies are remakes from the 80s? Poor Indiana Jones, he wants to retire. They got to keep bringing him back. And I like those Indiana Jones movies, I'm not going to lie. But they're using AI for the poor guy because they got to keep, he's like 80 years old. And they still got him jumping off planes and stuff, you know. But nothing's new under the sun, church. There's nothing new. This has been around. And so has Pride Month. And people think they're celebrating because they invented it in the 60s or the 70s. Teenagers, you're not wearing something new this morning. You woke up and said, I'm going to look different. No, you're not. That was, someone wore that already. This jacket's from the 70s. This has probably been around two or three times already. Looks new. It's in the, are you with me? There's nothing new under the sun. Neither is Pride Month. Would you listen to this? Pride Month, which God says comes before a fall, is a mockery of God. You know when, you, when somebody does something crazy and, and, and you don't want to be near the lightning bolt? We, we should be moving away. Still preaching, but moving away. There was a, there was a young man, a white boy, Steve Harvey tells this, and his, his, her, 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 he wanted to meet Steve Harvey, so his mom said, I want you to meet my son. My son wants to meet you. So she yells at him from across the mall. Steve, uh, uh, I forgot what his name was. Whatever. Give me a name. Kevin. Steven. Kevin. There we go. Kevin Steven. 
And Kevin Stevens just ignored his mom. And so she yelled again, Kevin Stevens. And so this time he looked back and he saw his mom and she said, bite me. And so Steve Harvey moved away from her. So he wasn't near the mom anymore. And as soon as the kid said that, a black woman started beating her child right next to the white kid and said, if you ever talk to me like that, if you ever say that, how many have ever been punished because somebody else did something wrong? My dad used to spank me when I was younger and said, I know you did something wrong. All right? We need to move away from these people because I'm telling you the lightning bolt's coming. The Bible says God won't be mocked. These things that are going on, they should anger us, but we should also understand God will make these people pay for their mockery. But you know what we can do? We can try to get them saved. We can try to tell them the truth. We can give them the truth and love. But listen, stay with me. How many are still here? Just give me a few more minutes. The promise of the, of the, that he would never destroy the world again. So mystery, the mystery of Pride Month has roots. And as I read this, I want to see if it resonates with you. There was a month over all other months of the year that the goddess Enchantress, Enchantress sorry, from Mesopotamia every year would exploit, and it was called Tammuz in Latin, which is in our, in, 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 sorry, in Latin is Union, I'm probably saying it wrong, which means the month of June, and was known as the goddess month of pride. This is why they call this Pride Month. And I guarantee you, most people celebrating don't even know what they're celebrating. Just like people who celebrate Halloween think it's a fun day where you dress up. And she was an ancient god from Mesopotamia, listen, who would change men into women and women into men. Her priesthood was called the Asinu, who would be men who would march around dressed up as women. Does that sound familiar? and whose parents would bring their children to come watch them perform dances. And guess how they would celebrate these acts? By parades. This is nothing new. This is, but it's satanic. And it's a mockery. And if you are, have somebody you know that's involved in this, tell them they can change. Tell them they can have hope. Tell them that Jesus loves them. But don't, don't get around it and don't like it and don't be a part of it and don't be okay with it because it's not okay to change what God made for the rainbow for something else. Now, how dangerous do you think it is this morning? And I know we can't control everything that goes on in our country, that's for sure, that our president and our White House puts these things on the front door of the White House and said, this is what, who we are. How dangerous is that for our country? Very dangerous. you got to be very careful what you like. When you're on social media, you got to be very careful what you like. My dad learned that a bunch of years ago, Pastor Andrews, when he was just learning Facebook. I saw him like something one day, and I said, oh, my God. This is my assistant pastor. What is he doing? And I called him, and I said, Dad, you just liked that post. What are you doing? And he thought, and this is, he's, he, he's, he's right here. He thought that when you liked something, it meant that you had read it, and you were, like, checking the box to move on to the next post. 
And so he, in his, in his innocence, did not know what he was doing. But you better be careful what you like, because when you like something, you're saying, I agree with this. Or it's a heart or a thumbs up. And you know what? I don't care if you like me or not. But listen, be careful who you like. Because when you like that thing, you're associating with them and you're saying, I agree with what they say. I agree with what they do. I agree with what they're standing for. Sometimes we just need to move on and get off. Did you know you can block people? Block people. Block people on your social media. Amen? But how many know there's hope this morning? There's hope. Does anybody believe there's hope? There's hope for this world. And his name is? His name is Jesus. See, none of us this morning had a choice over where we were born. None of us. So many of us, and I, I shouldn't say many of us, many of you, because I'm, I'm thankful I, I was born to great parents and raised me in godly things, and I was born in a great state of Arizona in a wonderful city of Tucson with beautiful mountains and amazing Mexican food. So I'm thankful, but many people wish they could be born somewhere else or wish they would have been born to different parents or some people say they wish they'd never been born at all. But guess what? We don't get that choice. We don't get that choice. We're saying, well, Pastor, what's the good news? I'm going to get to that. We don't get to choose where we're born. We don't get to choose who our parents are. We don't get to choose what world we're, we're born into or our lineage or, or what we inherit. Or we don't get to choose whether we're male or female. We don't get that choice. We're born what God borns us. If you're new, I, I do a lot of Texas ease. So you can say just about anything in Texas and get away with it. Amen? There's an old, my, my, my dad just uh, turned 73 uh, a couple days ago, and we were celebrating his birthday, and he got a book about Texas lingo. And we have an old-time saying. I'm going to say it to him. Jeet. Squeet. Does anybody know what that means? I got any Texans in here? Jeet. Did you eat? No, Jew. No, did you? Squeet. Let's go eat. <laughs> Amen. How many know in this place there's all kinds of lingo, all kinds of accents, all kinds of heritage, all kinds of tradition? Does anybody love tradition? Anybody love culture? Thank God we don't all eat the same food. But everybody in here, man, if we, if we had a potluck after this service, Woo! We're like 15 countries in here. All kinds of good food. Amen? Diversity is from God. As long as it's the way God made us. Amen? But we don't get those choices. But once we're born, we can get to a place, and pay attention as I close this morning, that if you don't like the way you were born the first time, you can be born again. That's the good news. You can be born again. I was born again in 1992. See, I'm a 74 model. 1974. I, you don't have to tell me what your model is, but I'm a 74. It was a good year. Can't remember anything before 74, but that was the year I was born. My model and make is 74. But in 1992, I came to a crossroads. And God spoke to me and said, if you keep living the way your life, you're living your life right now, you're going to spend your eternity in hell. And at that crossroads, Jesus revealed himself to me. 
And he said, as Jesus said to Nicodemus, when Nicodemus said, Jesus, what do I need to do to be saved and go to heaven? He said, you have to be born again. On October 4th of 1992, I was born again. Born a second time. Spiritually. The first time we're born, we're born physically. But we have to be born again, the Bible says, because we cannot inherit heaven like this. So maybe here this morning you've been born again. Maybe you're here this morning and you need to be born again. But the good news and the hope for this world is that this world can be born again. As I close, I said this earlier, I think I want you to understand the main reason that we're in the position that we're in today is that we are in a narcissist society. We're living in, if you don't know what that means, here's the definition, extremely self-centered person that has an exaggerated sense of self-importance. And you know why this has happened? Because social media has says, make a YouTube channel. Make everybody look at you. Get followers. You know those people are the most depressed people in the world because they don't have real followers. They don't have real friends. How hard is it to find a real friend? I've got over a 1,000 friends on Facebook. I could have more if I wanted to. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many friends. Those aren't friends. When I have to go look at it, and I try as least possible, when I have to go look at that, I see all kinds of people. I don't even know who they are. Have you ever found somebody like, who is that? I don't even know who they are. They're not friends. And so we're in a narcissist society that says, it's all about me. It's all about me. And I want to bring it home this morning in this as we close. Listen, listen carefully. There was a man in the book of Daniel named Nebuchadnezzar. Again, nothing's new under the sun. Nebuchadnezzar was so narcissist that he made a statue, a humongous statue of himself, and said, everybody that sees this statue, when you see me, he looked at it and said, boy, I look good. When you see me, you bow. Today, we're in the spirit of the Antichrist. And he is saying, bow to me. And when you tie yourself to these movements that are happening that don't have anything to do with Jesus, you're bowing. But there was a three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who said, I, won't, I will not bow. And they did not bow to that thing, and they were thrown into the fiery furnace. How many today will join me in saying, I'm not going to bow? I'm going to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and I'm not going to bow. We're going to stand up to this world, and we're going to say what God's word says, because what's happening said in James 3.16, here's what happens. Where envy and self-seeking exist, and boy, does it exist today. What happens? What happens when envy and self-seeking exist? This movement, and it's not just this movement, but this is the month we're talking about, is all about how I feel. If you haven't been listening to our series on Wednesday nights, go listen to it on the podcast. Be here this Wednesday, because every mistake you make has to be, is based off what you feel. I feel like I'm this. I feel like I'm that. Where is that going to stop? You can't now. The door's open. There's no stopping it. And when that happens, watch what happens next. Confusion. People are confused today. Don't even know what they are. Confused. That's a spirit. How many believe that's a spirit this morning? It's a demonic spirit that needs to be dealt with by the power of the name of Jesus. And it says, where there is those self-seeking spirits and musicians, you can begin to come. Confusion and every evil thing 
are there. So you look at this world and you say how evil it is. It's because of self-seeking and envy and people who are all about themselves. We need to be all about Jesus. All about Jesus. Amen? So as I, as I finish this last point, I see three eyes today. I see idol worship. I see people isolating themselves. And I see insanity. That's, that's this world. Isolation, idol worship, and insanity. Let me tell you what's insane. It is insane that our government and the world in general does not know what a man is and what a woman is. That's insanity. It's insanity. It's insanity to me that today it is okay somehow, how we got to this, I don't even know, to sexualize and mutilate children. It's happening all over the place. Again, don't listen to me. I'm just the messenger. Listen to the word. Jesus said, don't mess with my kids. So this agenda that is getting into schools and trying to push things on five-year-olds, how many are in here that are in your 20s and 30s and still haven't figured out things? And you're going to make a life-changing decision at five? Did you know at the height of stupidity, some woman recently sued her parents for being born. That's the truth. And I'm just going to massage my neck for a second. If you've been coming here. Tell people you've never been here. My neck hurts from shaking it so much. Sued her parents. I did not consent to being born. I did not consent to the fact that I was going to have to have a job and be responsible. I mean, that's the world we're living in. It's stupid. It's senseless. But that's where we're at. But there's hope. And we can get to a back, back to a place where we don't say, well, I'm going to live how I feel. We get back to the place and say, I'm going to live according to what God's word says. Because he made me. And God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't make mistakes. Does anybody in here believe that? God doesn't make mistakes. God made you just like who you are. He made you who he intended you to be. And you'll never be happy till you walk in the destiny of who God called you to be. Who God called you to be. Amen. 1 John 5, verse 4. I'm going to skip the other one for time. It, talks, it just reminds us that the wrath of God is coming. But 1 John 5 says, whatever's born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Not going to church, that's great. Not being a good person, that's great. But faith. It says, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Next verse. He, who is he who overcomes the world? Jesus. And he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God, would you bow your heads this morning for just a moment? If you're here this morning and, you, and the Holy Spirit's spoken to you, you're not happy with your life. You don't have to be involved in some kind of perverted lifestyle. You could just, you could be living right to the way God wants you, you feel like God wants you to live, but you're, you're not happy. 
You, you, you're, you're letting your feelings dictate your life. Or you might be here and you might be making decisions that are totally the opposite of what God wants you to do. The hope is today is that I can change. And I can say, God, my life has not been lined up with you the way it needs to be. But today, I'm going to make a decision to put my faith in what you did on the cross 2,000 years ago for me. We don't see all the good stuff on the news, but people are changing. People are standing up and preaching the truth in love, and people are coming to their senses, and people are realizing that, that they're allowing the devil to lie to them about who they are and their identity. But if you don't agree with anything I said this morning, that's fine. You don't have to because it's not my word. But you will leave this morning knowing that God won't be mocked. And the rainbow belongs to him. And he has a plan and he has a purpose for every single one of us. And I choose Jesus today. I choose life. I fear the Lord. I, I fear hell. And I thank God for his grace. That while I was still a sinner, Jesus died for me. Quickly, all over this place, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, tomorrow is not promised. Next week is not promised. Today the Holy Spirit is knocking on the door of your heart. Jesus is saying, let me in. I want to change your life. I want to give you hope and peace and joy and fulfillment. I want to be your Lord and your master. My burden is easy. My yoke is light. Just open up the door. How many all across this place today, if you died right now, if you stood before a living God, what would you say to him? Because the Bible says every single one of us, whether we want to or not, will stand before God. And you will either stand before him, not by choice, but you will stand before him either by as a savior or as judge. That's our choice. I'm going to stand before Jesus one day as my savior. Not because of anything I've done, but because of everything he did. And I put my faith in him today, and he's going to look to the Father and say, Father, his name is in the Lamb's book of life because the only thing you can take with you is your name. Your name is the only thing you can take to heaven with you. If your name is not in that book, by putting faith in Jesus Christ, he will say, depart from me, doer of iniquity, I never knew you. How many all across this place, you have never said, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you died for my, my, my mistakes, and I want to put my faith in you. I want to make heaven my home. You've never done that. How many would say, that's me? Just lift your hand all over this place and say, pray for me this morning. The Holy Spirit's speaking to me all over quickly. Just put your hand up and put it right back down. That's me. Saints that are saved, just pray for, with me for a moment. The devil does not let go easy. The devil does not want people to change their lives. The devil, the devil hates people, and he wants to take them to hell with them. He won't let go easy. Especially if you're here and God has a plan for your life, the devil will fight you that much harder. Maybe you're here today and you've known Jesus at some point in your life, but today your life is not where it needs to be with God would you be honest to God? No one's looking around. This is between you and God and say, God, I got some things I need to get right. Just lift your hand and let God see your hand. I see your hands. I see your hands. Today's the day to get right. Today's the day to get back in line with God's word. This, this Bible has stood the test of time. 
Amen. Let's stand all over this place. Just stay in reverence to the Lord, if you would, for just a moment. We're going we're gonna to dismiss here in just a minute. But I want to give everyone here an opportunity to make a decision today. If you already believe in Jesus, make a decision today. I'm going to stand for Jesus. I'm going to be a light. We, God needs us to go out of these four walls and be a light. I didn't say anything today in hate. I actually said it in love because I want these people to go to heaven. But they've been deceived. And again, it's not just a group of people. It's everyone who rejects Jesus. He died for all of humanity. And lots of people reject him. And, it, and as we get closer to the return of Jesus, that road gets narrower and narrower and narrower. And Jesus even said, when I come, will I find faith on the earth? I don't know about you, but I want to say, yes, Jesus, you're going to find some right here. Because I'm going to stand till the end. He who endures till the end shall be saved. We're going to open up these altars in just a minute. We're going to say a sinner's prayer as people watching online, listening on the podcast. If you're here today and you, you need prayer for healing, you need prayer for your marriage, maybe you just want to humble yourself. That's what I'm going to do. We're just going to open up these altars for just a minute. We're going to close in just a minute. We're going to have this wedding. We're almost done. But I don't want you to leave this morning without an opportunity to say, God, wherever my life is with you this morning, I want to make a stand. I want to stand for you. Church, if we don't stand for something today, we're going to fall for anything. As we begin to sing this song, let's just open these altars. Just take them. Maybe you want to stay at your chair and turn around at your chair. But let's just all for just a couple of minutes here, let's just take some time to make a decision. I'm going to follow Jesus. All the way, I'm going to follow Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come and just talk to God.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we're going to open up these altars.